1: Pod Save
0: the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen at the Daily Mirrors Royal Podcast. My name's Anne Gripper. I'm your host. I'm back from a week off. I can tell you I highly recommend the west coast of Ireland, even in February when it's a bit chilly and wet. Um, thank you so much to my colleague Lucy Clark Billings for holding the fort while I was away. And now it's actually uh, Victoria Murphy, our royal correspondent's turn to be off on leave for a week so um, I hope she li- enjoys listening back to us talking as much as I enjoyed hearing her chat away with Amber and Lucy about Megan's very surprising outfit for that glam night with the power suit which was excellent. Um, so we've got a new guest on the show today um, and Ian Vogler has travelled a lot with Victoria, he's the Daily Mirror's royal photographer and uh, so often Journalists get to take all of the bylines and the photographers have taken the amazing pictures and get none of the glory. But now, Ian, you've got an episode all to yourself.
1: Well, it's about time. That's all I can say.
0: So welcome to the show. Um, Lots to talk about this week because there have been new details released about the wedding. And excitingly, and probably the thing people were most interested to find out given that the wedding is happening in Windsor and we've talked before about there not being an obvious opportunity for the balcony moment or anything like that. Would we see them after the wedding or to what degree? There will be a procession. So Ian, have you been down much to Windsor already to recce the situation and what what the big day is going to be like down there or is that still to come?
1: Well, I'm going to go down and have a look in the coming weeks but Windsor is very much different to Buckingham Palace where the public access is going to be much more restricted because it's a lot smaller which is why the carriage ride uh, is going to come into play enabling members of the public to get a you know get a glimpse of the couple after the wedding unlike Buckingham Palace where people could stand out and see that the kiss moment it's going to be slightly different at Windsor but I think people are going to really enjoy it it's going to be a lovely day an early start and they're going to get to see them you know as they go through the streets and if you're on the ro- you know one side of the road you'll see them coming along and then I guess you can whiz over and see them again going in the other direction. And it,
0: it's quite nice that feeling after the ceremony as well I think one of my favourite things from William Kate's wedding day actually was when they came out again in that little car and just tootled about which was a you know a bit of a surprise for everybody and a bit and a bit different but you know the carriage procession is always a a grand moment and it's it's all that sort of pomp and pomp and ceremony isn't it
1: oh absolutely it's kind of like the draw card people love to see the pomp and, and ceremony it's one of those great british things i mean william got to do something which um loads and loads of people I mean probably I'll get told off for this but mostly men would want to do which is driving Aston Martin but apparently according to Prince Charles he was so nervous William on the day that he forgot to take the handbrake off and he drove his father's pride and joy up the mall with the handbrake on so I think that Prince Harry is not getting a chance this time it's a carriage ride for you son
0: amazing amazing and um, so you you obviously covered William and Kate's wedding um how many years ago is that now seven years ago um what what are your memories from that day
1: well we did a lot of planning because there's lots of different locations where we were going to get pictures from and we had meetings and we had we actually I think we at one point almost had a map with crosses on and I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to go uh, on the QVM, the Queen Victoria Monument, which is right in front of Buckingham Palace, to see the kiss moment, which is kind of the pinnacle of a wedding of a royal wedding. And I had co- there was colleagues outside the Abbey, all along the route, and it was a long but thoroughly rewarding day.
0: So, what time? Did, what kind of time did you have to get down there? So, for those who haven't. Um been to London, been to Buckingham Palace and seen it, the Queen Victoria Monument is the bit that's, normally it's effectively a roundabout, isn't it? The sort of fountain statue outside Buckingham Palace which is usually covered in tourists taking pictures of themselves and the palace and that kind of thing. But it obviously gives a great vantage point and a bit of height, I guess. Was that important to you?
1: Yeah, it's what, well, we call it the birthday cake, because if you look from, if you look down on it, it does look like a birthday cake. And the Department for Culture, Media, Sport, to give them their full title, they had it all worked out. They put a scaffolding stand up, and we were allocated positions on there. It was all pre-worked out, so there was no bickering on the day. Uh, Everybody stood in his or her position given to us by the department, and it was fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of waiting there. I think we had to be in by 6 or 7 a.m. because they wanted to close the road. Uh, for security and for people to stand around and watch. Um, So it was a long day. And then what happens there? It's going to be different in Windsor with that one. Members of the public gather around the back of the QVM and in the park. And then just at the last minute, they're ushered forward by the police. So they get a chance to stand right in front of the palace and see the couple, actually from closer quarters than we did. But it's just one of those fantastically... British traditions that happens when you get these big weddings down at Buckingham Palace.
0: And I mean the kiss was a was a great moment. That was it was it must have been your picture that was on the mirror's front page the next day because it was it was the kiss that was that was there and and um, William saying, Oh go on, let's 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 give them another one because the cheering was so big.
1: Yeah, that was very kind of him. You you know, <laughs> you're never quite sure how good the picture will be, but if you get two goes at it, you've you've got a good chance. And with uh, with that particular event, you get what we call heat haze because it was a warm day and you're quite a distance away. So technically, the picture is always more difficult to, to get and the quality might not be 100% how you want it. But when we get down to Windsor, everything's going to be much closer quarters. So I think for a photographer, it'll be easier. But I think for our um American friends, this wedding in Windsor, it's not looking too good for them, is it?
0: Oh, it's it's a bit of an early start, isn't it? So the the actual wedding ceremony is due to start at at noon, which is you know high high noon for Harry. Maybe is uh, is is what will be the joke at the stag do? You might think, but um, you know that will be seven a.m. East Coast time. I would have thought. And if you're on the on the West Coast over in LA, then a very early early start although if you're on your sofa you don't have to (laughs) have to beat the crowds to get there probably um I've not worked out for our Australian listeners how how that'll be for them probably a bit a bit friendly and maybe a, a later night so they can do their their partying beforehand but um it's there's sure there's sure to be big interest during the day but then everybody there is always that anticipation of of what will be the lasting Images from it as well because you know you see you see the day pass before you. I was I was in the office working on on the internet even seven years ago, and um, I set my I set my DVD recorder at home to record the, record the wedding because I knew I wouldn't actually get to watch it properly. So I've still got however many hours of BBC coverage on my DVD recorder which I have never actually watched back. But the pictures, the still images, they're still so powerful you know i can i can picture several of them whether they're ones you know taken by yourself and your colleagues ad hoc or the ones that were you know the set piece ones afterwards where harry had got the the curly jelly snakes to keep the um the children entertained so you know with even though video and being able to watch things live is so powerful having those moments captured is, you know You must, I, you must feel really good when I've just said all that about what, you, no, what you're doing.
1: Because, well, when you're doing these things as a photographer, you're, uh, I mean, something like a wedding, the royal wedding, you're in one place, basically, and you can't go from there because you think you might get a bit better picture elsewhere because that just isn't going to happen. So you kind of hope that you're in the best place, but you just, you just don't know. There could be a colleague up the road, who just happens to get that moment as they come by and something happens, like they drove down the mall in that car. It's a bit of a lottery, but it's kind of quite exciting because, you know, you hope everybody working hopes that his or her picture is going to be the best picture. I think with Windsor, it'll be the, the best picture. Well, you know, the here we are as a married couple is going to be when they walk out of the chapel, uh, together after the ceremony. Um, that should be a really striking image because it should be maybe one o'clock in the afternoon on a bright day in May, Cup Final Saturday, which is obviously leaving William with some dilemmas. Um And it well, should some, be. Some people
0: think that's think- why it's the. Some people think that's why it's the uh, the early start. By the way, but um, because I think the kickoff's at five thirty, so if it's a twelve o'clock wedding, you can do the wedding, you can do the lunch, then you can nip to the football and then he can come back in the evening for the party. Anyway, I've interrupted you because you were talking about... No, no, no,
1: I think you're absolutely right. But, you know, let's not forget that um, Prince William's an Aston Villa fan and Harry's an Arsenal fan. Sadly, Arsenal aren't in the cup final. Aston Villa aren't in the cup final. But, you know, he still gets to go. It's not bad, is it?
0: it's not bad well we'll we'll, time will time will tell whether he actually actually does go but it'll be uh i think i think he'd have a good excuse for missing it this year to be fair but um, so what what Mm. would make um what would make a i guess good conditions for you um because you know every every bride certainly i would expect is hoping for hoping for good weather on their wedding day and certainly not rain and and that kind of thing but sometimes photographers want something that's a bit different from what the couple are hoping for, weather-wise. Sort of, rather than the bright, clear blue sky doesn't always help matters, you're saying with the the heat haze and
1: things. No, we don't want it too bright and we don't want it too dark. We don't want long, nasty shadows because then everybody's squinting and they don't look their best. So we kind of want it just to be bright and a tiny bit of cloud to give us enough cover that it's not too harsh then everyone's going to look at their best and it's going to make the, the best picture. I mean, obviously, don't know what um, Harry's going to wear. Perhaps he'll be in a military uniform. But the great conundrum with wedding pictures is one's always in white and one's always in black. And to get them together looking great isn't the easiest thing in the world. So perhaps Harry will wear a nice bright red uniform and make it easier for us.
0: Will did a good job last time picking red, didn't he? So that certainly helped things out to keep it bright and lively.
1: Yeah, you know, this time we've got the added bonus, especially you know, for great pictures, it's going to be Charlotte and George and their role as page boy and uh, bridesmaid. I think that could be really exciting.
0: Oh, absolutely, because they they um, they certainly caught the eye at Auntie Pippa's wedding last year, didn't they? <laughs> Hopefully, George will be um, a bit more, <laughs> a bit happier about the situation this time, and uh, there won't be so many. Uh, uh, Kate won't need to give him a little stern talking to after the uh, after the ceremony.
1: No, I mean when we went with them to Poland and Germany, there was a moment where look, Charlotte was given something and then Kate took it back from her, and she did what every little toddler does just for a total tantrum. So, let's hope there's none of that on the wedding day. But it you know, picture-wise, it could be really good. It could be really exciting and fun. And of
0: course, actually, it was one of the uh, one of the bridesmaids at William and Kate's wedding in that kiss picture that just added an extra level to it she's got her hands firmly over her ears because of all of the cheering
1: yeah I mean there was a I think there'd been the fly past as well and the cheering I mean the poor little thing dragged out onto that balcony in the bright sunlight with all those people screaming yeah you, you, you know quite a daunting moment for any youngster
0: and um, so you mentioned about going away to the, on the tour last year um, to Poland and Germany, and you've just got back from Sweden and Norway. What are those tours and, and official visits, what are they like to be taking pictures at? How are they, how do, how are they different from wedding times?
1: They're, they're quite grueling. I know a lot of people are going to think, but hang on a minute, you're getting to travel to all these places – but the royals kind of, when they do these things, they're either in, you know, they're in chartered planes and they can just get up and go. So you're constantly having to keep up with them. They'll be, on, and some, sometimes, I think one day, we would photograph them in, yeah, you know, in two different countries. It's quite manic to keep up with them. Uh, but it's it's also, it's really interesting. You see people from around the world, you know, Norwegians coming out to see our royals it just shows you you know the global interest in these people in our royal family it's quite sort of nice really when they come and compliment you and say what lovely people the royals are and how how excited they are to see them
0: and i mean you you were saying for william and kate's wedding all of the places were neatly allocated and you had to you had your own spot and and that was it done that's it's nothing like that normally presumably
1: Well, look, everybody kind of knows everybody. Most of the photographers that that do these things, we've known each other over a number of years, and there'll be the most enormous amount of sort of, you know, squabbling and bickering like children. And then at the end of the evening, everybody's made up again, and uh, everybody's, you know, being friendly and cordial to each other. If not, it becomes even more impossible. As you're shepherded around on coaches and buses, There's got to be, you know, there's a lot of friendliness towards each other and there's a lot of sort of jolly jakes. It's quite grueling, really, to get through. I think Australia and New Zealand with Kate and William was nearly three weeks. So you're kind of in the company of colleagues from other different news organisations for three weeks. So if you don't get on with them, it's really difficult.
0: And so what makes, what are you looking for, for a really good picture from those events? What kind of things um, do you ring up your desk excited and say, right, I've got a a really good one for you?
1: Yeah. Well, action. We all want action. In um, Sweden, the Royal Couple went and tried a version of ice hockey for kids. And that's the kind of thing we love because you had Kate um, on the ice with a hockey stick. I'm going to get told off because it wasn't actually called hockey, but it's a version of hockey. So it's hockey with a ball rather than a puck. And she's got kind of taken part in it. I mean, that kind of thing just makes a more exciting picture for me and for the people looking at it, I think.
0: And you've got a new a new character to photograph since, you know, a couple of months ago with Megan joining the fold. What have been your first impressions of her?
1: well the first time I photographed Megan was down in Brixton and there was quite a big crowd down there it was freezing cold but everyone was really really happy to be there and she's just doing things her own way I think is the only way to describe it she's wearing her kind of style and doing her kind of thing and interacting with with the public like they're old friends really people are coming away saying uh, that they really felt that they were connecting with her. The people in Brixton seemed to to love her instantly.
0: And um, you caught, I think it was one of your pictures that you caught one of those really nice moments when she looked back all, um, you know, quite uh, overcome by it all in some ways. And we could could see all the funky rings that she got on her fingers as well. It sort of just, it captured two interesting bits of her at once.
1: Yeah, I mean... You know obviously she's you know an actress she's done tv and things like that but i don't think anything can prepare you for for this one minute you're minding your own business obviously she's been in a relationship with prince harry for a period of time the next minute you know she's his fiance they're getting married and she is going to be a duchess and that's just a huge step up isn't it i don't think anyone can prepare you for it and the crowd were, were welcoming. There was a lot of noise and hullabaloo in the street. And I think, you know, I don't know if it was nerves or she was just genuine, genuinely excited by it all.
0: And she she, she she, seems to take a really good picture.
1: Yeah, she, she's she's always got, a, you know, a fun expression on her face and she seems to be really happy and, and enjoying it, you know. She's done... The, the pictures. There are some fantastic pictures that some guys, my, my colleagues took when she went with Prince Harry to the Endeavour Awards uh, last week. That was during the tour of Sweden and Norway. So the company time machine was busy. So I stayed in Sweden, and there were colleagues in London covering that. And look at her there. You know, she turned up in the trouser suit under an umbrella, and she just looked so happy and excited to be there. Let's. That makes great pictures.
0: And it's also capturing those sort of unexpected moments, isn't it? Because um, Meghan and Harry, they were on their latest part of their tour yesterday. They went up to Edinburgh and on a fairly whirlwind visit. They were only in, up there for a couple of hours, I think. So yeah. managed to managed to fit a lot in. But her, she she got into a, a big conversation with a woman who is involved with running a, 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 a social cafe that. Helps people um, who suffered homelessness, I think, and and they'd enjoyed their conversation so much, and and this other woman had said that she'd been inspired by Meghan's speech about women's rights and things, and she she they they had a hug, and we're not used to seeing royals very often, um, having those really, um, you know, treating people like friends in a tactile yeah. way, because it's one it's one thing having a conversation, but you know enveloping someone in a bear hug is is quite different but she she seems to to be open to that whether that will change when she gets married and she's done a lot more of this who knows mm. but but somebody captured that moment and it's it's got that emotion in the picture as well
1: yeah it's it's something i've seen with prince harry before i was uh, on a tour of his we were in south africa and he was talking to a group of children there in a school and there was him in the room, and I was there, a couple of his staff, and uh, one of the kids just said to him, he was just sitting on the floor just chatting away about things, and a kid said, you know, can I give you a hug? And he said, yeah, why not? And this kid dived over and gave him a hug, and then I think about 20 kids proceeded to hug him one by one. So maybe he, he said to her, you know, this is, it's fine if you want to do it, you know. It's a normal, it's a normal fun thing to do. But like you say, five thousand hugs down the line, who knows?
0: I guess it's a normal human reaction. It's like Harry. If you if you say to a child, "No, I'm not giving you a hug," then you come across as some really horrible person, probably. Um, one thing that Amber and Victoria and I have talked quite a lot about, and Danielle as well, with Megan's fashion is she tends to wear dark plain-ish thing sort of um blending into the background almost rather than or certainly not wanting her clothes to make too much of her statement but somehow managing to make a massive statement with them nonetheless are her if she's permanently wearing dark things is that going to cause you issues after a while does she end up blending into things and it makes it difficult to bring her out to the foreground
1: yeah it's nicer if it if it was bright i mean You know, you know, and I'm not the world's greatest fashion expert, as you've probably noticed, but bright colors would be would be nicer. But I think what she wore yesterday was obviously paying respects to Scotland, wasn't it? It was a a tartan uh, coat. And I don't think you get too many bright tartans. So we'll forgive her on that one. But, yeah, picture wise going forward, it would be nice to see some uh, some bright colors there.
0: Yeah, so it was uh, I think she went had some more Burberry yesterday. So she's Burberry clearly seems to be a key a key brand for her, and then she managed to do a, a nod to Scotland with her Strathbury crossbody bag as well. So there's a little a little fashion fix for us today, but that's not the main focus. Um one thing that some people have commented on is um that Megan and Kate are quite different in how their pictures are taken of them, in that Megan tends to look down the lens and Kate tends to look sort of across it or away from it and avoid eye contact with the camera. Is that something that you've noticed?
1: Yeah, I think that's something that's been picked up upon. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, obviously, from a photographer's point of view, you want your subject looking straight at you. I mean, like the, the, the lucky lady who was in the crowd on Christmas Day at Sandringham and got the fantastic picture of them all looking at her that's what you're always hoping for but you know when they go on these royal visits they're so distracted by a million different people at any event that it's a wonder they can even walk in a straight line because everyone's trying to tell them something or guide them somewhere so you know it's really difficult to do so either megan's making a real effort to do it and that's fantastic or up to now it's just been luck we'll have to wait and see
0: um- one thing that I must ask you about, what was your take on that um engagement photo shoot, the sort of the glam, um the glam one that was taken at, down at Windsor um when Megan wore the uh, very extravagant sort of ball gown, I mean the most glamorous thing that we've we've seen her in, the Ralph and Russo ruffled and sheer dress. Um we've talked about the fashion previously, but what did you make of the the photographs and the sort of the styling of it all?
1: it was a nice picture to my mind it was it was overdone really it was too much I thought I mean the the figures for the cost of the dress and I'm not suggesting that they went out and bought it but I'm not entirely sure what what that's saying you know about you if you prepared to to go to that extent to wear a dress that cost tens of thousands of pounds I'm not sure if that was the smartest thing that they've ever done, to be honest with you. What do you think?
0: Well, yeah, I think that, well, I think the dress looked amazing, but it, it leaves a sort of a lingering funny taste when you know the, what the price tag is. But then there's also, you know, the, the very um, huggy sort of black and white nature of the pictures so like some people I've, i'm sure that there is a jewelry advert that has had pretty much that pose where um i think she's holding onto harry's face and her her little her well not little engagement ring her stunning engagement ring is poking out above the the lapel of his of his coat and they were i mean they were very um glamorous Hollywoods or adver- advertising type pictures maybe that had a feel to them rather than, certainly rather than just a formal royal, royal portrait, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think it's we've come on from the sort of Snowden and Litchfield era. I mean, these it's a different style. He's a different kind of photographer. I think you're right. It does look like an advert for a high-end sort of fashion magazine, doesn't it? You can see that being the kind of style but you know they 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 chose the photographer and it's a picture for them for a for their lasting memory i guess so it's very hard to to sort of be critical but you know as we reported in the mirror just the other day that um, megan's been going to visit people from grenfell tower at the local mosque so we're going from one extreme to another we're going from dresses costing tens of thousands to sitting talking to these to a group of women who have lost everything it's a kind of interesting mix isn't it
0: yeah so just just to give some background for our um listeners abroad um grenfell tower was um it was a is a huge disaster last um last summer there was a fire broke out high up in a in a multi-story block of flats um i think it, i think it possibly broke out on the 11th floor and i, I think there were probably 22 23 floors but it was a devastating fire that spread very quickly and cost the lives of um, almost 80 people, I think. And it was, it's the people that live on that estate, it, the, it's in Kensington. It's not very far from Kensington Palace. I think it's possibly in, in the Royal's local constituency or certainly probably the local borough. And there is a, a lot of difference in income levels in that borough you have very rich people and you have people you know who are who are struggling and it became a bit of a um, so grenfell tower the disaster was obviously a huge human tragedy and it also became a political talking point of our are, are rich people making unsafe buildings for poor people to live in to a certain extent so that's the background to it but um the royals went down um to visit in the aftermath they were much better received than um Theresa May the Prime Minister when she went down there she had a really tough ride when she went down there but um the Royals went down there the Queen visited I think William and Kate visited and Harry as well and they we talked we talked before about sort of emotion in in those visits and there was a lot of sort of human conversation and and compassion that came across in in what we saw of of those visits so that's that's the background to it and I think there's been some degree of um or certainly when they when they went down there and I think it was William was having to make his goodbyes and saying you know I'm sorry we've got to go but we will come back um so clearly that that link is now even being continued with Megany Ian.
1: Yeah, I mean, it turns out that she's been to visit the women's group that meet there about, I think it's three times now, with absolutely no publicity, all in secret, just her and and one of the staff from uh, probably the Kensington Palace press team. And she's been, you know, hanging out, as I say, with the with the women there at the mosque in a completely voluntary capacity, just to to get a feel for their, their plight. It's, it's social housing. There are people from all, all corners of the world have been living in Grenfell Tower and it's really interesting to see her getting into doing something like that this, this kind of early on before the marriage
0: and it's, it's inevitably brought um, comparisons with Princess Diana who famously used to go and do good works and do charity visits in, I guess in, in her own time essentially or without, without telling people about it and it was just, it was just part of what she did
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think people, re- you know, kind of don't realise sometimes that a lot of the time when the royals are visiting uh, various hospitals and charities and so forth, they're meeting people who are either at the absolute bottom of life, something has happened to them, either they're ill or someone in their family's died, or, you know, they're, they're sometimes giving awards to people at the at the top of their career. So the, the difference in things that they have to deal with is quite quite immense you know they go from completely one end to the other and Diana certainly was renowned for doing these things and going to visit people who are you know in the last throes of life and trying to bring some happiness to them and it seems to me like you know Megan's kind of training to do these things if uh, it sounds bizarre but you know training to do it is almost what it is it's incredible the the joy that people take from these sorts of visits
0: um we've managed to cover most of most of the royal news for the week, I think, throughout our our discussion as it's as it's wended its way through. Um but one one thing I did want to just mention, um our Australian listeners will probably know this already if they're watching I'm a Celebrity on the telly, but Diana's former butler, Paul Burrell, is in the jungle. Um and he's never afraid to offer an opinion or two. So he's already said uh before going in that uh the Queen doesn't have a mobile phone, but he can get a message to her like that, still apparently he's got good friends on the inside and then um I think since going in, he's been rubbishing the uh persistent rumors that people just people just love to gossip about I guess about whether uh, James Hewitt is really Prince Harry's father, so he's been rubbishing that um have you Have you had dealings with with paul Barrell in your in your time in?
1: Oh, he's, he's a bit like a winter cold that won't go away, isn't he? He's slightly irritating now because he's just been around for so long, coming up with the same things. I mean, I don't think you can underestimate the Queen. I'm pretty sure she's got a mobile phone.
0: So... And the other the other bit that uh, I found quite exciting was Elton John has cancelled his uh, his Las Vegas tour nights the weekend of uh, of the wedding. So whether he'll be there as a as a guest or whether he might sing something at some stage, because um, I mean he's he's talked about the moment that Harry told him that he was in love and had found someone special, and obviously um, he famously sang at Princess Diana's funeral. So there is a there's a family connection there. So either he knows he's getting an invitation or maybe he's hoping for one, although he has recently announced he's retiring from touring anyway. So maybe he, maybe he fancies a weekend off and going to get up early and watch it from, uh, from Las Vegas anyway, but, but we will see. So um, final thought from you, Ian, what, what is your hope for Harry and Meghan's wedding day from your point of view as a, um, royal photographer rather than as a as a as a as a person in general who will probably be wishing them love and happiness forever that's the main thing from a picture point of view and uh getting that amazing picture what what is your dream scenario
1: um not too bright not too dark absolutely no rain look straight ahead and let's just hope that charlotte and george behave a little bit i don't want them to behave too well because it's much funnier when they don't. But yeah, that's it really. A nice day, not too bright, not too cold, absolutely no rain and don't be late.
0: Don't be late. Oh, the, the plea of men and grooms, everywhere I would imagine. Um thank you very much for joining us this week Ian. I'm sure we might speak to you again at some stage before the big day in May. Um, thanks everybody who has listened to us this week. Uh, if it's your first time listening, we hope you've enjoyed the show. If you're a regular listener, we're very glad that you're still with us. Um, everybody please do subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes and leave us a review if you can we've loved having you victoria will be back next week hopefully so it might be time to go through that bumper crop of questions you've been sending in to pod save the queen at trinitymirror.com so do feel free to add to the list and we will try to get through as many as possible in the next episode so until then pod save the queen